Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Finch, and I'm joined once again by my lovely wife, Jennifer Finch. And when she's here, people kind of know what we're going to talk about. Give them a little hint, Jen. Hot D. I thought you were going to do a dragon noise, but... I was. We we workshopped it, and it didn't sound good. It, it needed more deviated septum, and I'll, I'll work on it for next week. Okay. Well, I'm glad you don't have a deviated septum. That's good to know. Jen, what do you think of when I say, even I am not above tradition and duty, Rhaenyra? Um, I think about the hypocrisy of the man and in hot D. The hypocrisy of the man and hot D or in hot D? In hot D. No. Hot. Always... I, I'm base You're always level? thinking of the hypocrisy of man. No, base level, I'm always thinking about hot D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sometimes the hypocrisy of man sneaks in there. I mean, yeah. But hot D is always there. Just a constant. If you're not following hot D, that stands for House of the Dragon. Oh, yeah, that's what it stands for. Yeah. Most people, I think, know that, especially because we already did an episode on the first two episodes. But now we're back. Episodes three and four have aired. We're ready to talk about that. With episode three, we're going to go through that one a little quicker. We really liked what we saw out of episode four, and that made us go, you know what? It's time for another pod. Episode three is interesting because they did the big time jump. So you get you get six months in between episode one and two, and then you get three years in between episode two and three. And in some ways, people are in the same spot. You still have Viserys trying to figure out what he really wants to do with his lineage. Um, Rhaenyra is still the heir, but something has changed there. Damon and Corlys are still fighting the war in the Stepstones. That has gone on for three years. Even though they have dragons, which seems like it would be pretty easy to wipe out some guy who just throws crabs on people, but he can retreat into caves, and apparently the dragons can't handle All right. people who retreated into All caves. Right. The big flip on it all, though, is Alicent and Viserys have now made a child and that child was a boy they she's also pregnant with a second child at the during this episode as well but the boy is born his name is Aegon Targaryen off of Aegon the Conqueror probably not the best idea yeah don't don't do that it's like naming your son Michael Jordan Jr. yeah a word of advice don't name your kid who you're not gonna be who's not gonna be the king uh, don't name him after the best and baddest king of all time. Just a word of advice going forward for anyone who's in that position. Because, yeah, it's going to make his life really hard if he's not king. And it's also going to make your life really hard to n- if you don't name him heir to the throne. Because everybody's going to hear the name Aegon and be like, yeah. well, that's synonymous with the throne. So why is your daughter don't, still Don't the- name your kid George W. Bush Jr.? If you're George W. Bush and not push that kid to be president. Okay, well, I was just about to say, I mean, George Bush's dad did do that. That's what I mean. But then he came, then he did become president. So you're right. Right. I I guess. So that's where we're headed here. At least that's what it feels like. So episode three um, has some pretty cool dragon action in the step zones. We'll start with what the king and Rhaenyra, they're up to. So it's the. It's Aegon's name day. 
second it's, name day it's his second name day and yeah. we are heading towards the kingswood for a hunt for a hunt because that's what you take a two-year-old not Chuck E. cheese that's fucking lame you take them to go kill some stags even though the way they set it up Aegon the baby could have killed this stag it just is standing there being held by a bunch of other strong people, and all you have to do is stab it. And actually, Viserys wasn't very good I was going to say, it. he could have arguably done a better job than Viserys. Kids are violent. They are. Um, and his if, if his son is anything like his daughter, probably better at killing than he is. Yeah. That was a great juxtaposition. The way she was attacked by a boar when she went off with Crispin. Yes, Sir Crispin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but call him Crispin, so that's what I'm going to do going forward. But yeah, Rhaenyra is mad because people are trying to set her up. She gets They're trying to put her with a, uh, a Lannister who's like, what is his name, Jason? Like, what Jason. A, what a, it's always weird when like a normal kind of name shows up, but like Jason is an older name, yeah, but you it, have, it still seems like a more modern name. Well, you have Viserys, you have Rhaenyra, even Allison is a little older, and then you've got like Bill. <laughs> Here's Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the, her dad, Viserys, is trying to set her up with a bunch of people. So you've got Jason Lannister, who's like a total bro. And, like, tries to hit on her, and she picks up on it and is like, what is this? Here's the thing. Lannisters are going to Lannister. They're always going to be swarmy little effers, and you can't trust them. They're always going to be greedy, self-interested um, douchebags. Yeah, I mean, he comes in like... He comes in like a rich kid at a high school, like in his BMW, and is like, what girl wants to date me? Probably the other rich girl. Yeah. And that's basically what he does. She's so hot. I'm so hot. Let's be hot together on at Casterly Rock. I'll be, build you a dragon pit. She's like, the fuck am I going to need a dragon pit for? And he said, you know, for when you're, you know, not the queen, but like my honey sugar. It felt like... Things were getting a little bit better after her mother's death between Rhaenyra and King Viserys. But then he decided to marry her best friend and have babies with her. And in the three years since we have checked in, uh, they have definitely grown apart. And it's not being mended anytime soon. I will say that is a difference from the books that I have found. Um, a lot of people have actually noticed the relationship between Viserys and Rhaenyra is much colder than i think we were led to believe in those books um in the book she's the realm's delight they have a very close relationship he really cherishes her um you know she's she's in those small council meetings uh he really like he really leans on her for support especially after emma dies and um in this version of the story it is very hot and cold with them but also recognizing that she is the best claimant at the time when he makes that decision to really spite Damon. And she brings that up in episode three. She says, you didn't pick me because I was like the only good choice. You picked me because you don't like Damon and he pissed you off. So now where are we? Well, now that we're at the point, Rhaenyra and like, to be fair, as like annoying as King Viserys is and how incompetent he seems as a king, He's not wrong in that, like, well, if you're going to be the heir to the throne, you have to do the the steps that lead up to that. Like, I mean, 
you have to now maybe she can do it a little bit more her own way but you yeah you you kind of have to get married and maybe start your own lineage well she she's got to do 10 times more than that she's got to she's got to do the checklist of what a normal person would do to take the iron throne and then she's got to go the extra mile she's got to prove herself even more because she is a woman that's why when we're in the god we're, we're in the king's wood and she takes that boar or when she and drags it back into camp or when she you know flies all the way to um dragonstone dragonstone and it's like basically like whips her large dragon dick out um it's to make a point it's like i'm not to be messed with and y'all better recognize and yeah so she like in that sense she wants to do things her own way and she feels that this is just such a pressure from her dad that like you should be married so here are your suitors and she says why do i have to do this clearly she has the hots for crispin and wants there's definitely like a little crush there and over the last you know three years as she's become i think episode four proved there's more than a little crush well then there's a time jump in between three and four right but throughout these three years we we understand it that her and allison have become basically estranged um in their friendship so she has to she's like in her books she's in her study bag but also she's leaning on other people for support one of those probably most importantly being uh crispin it's not just a phase dad this is me that's rainiera <laughs> right now but i also again i don't really think as far as like being a good king that viserys is very high in the power rankings but he is also responding i think in in a lot of ways poorly, but he's responding to this pressure, not just that he feels that Rainier has to do this, but from everyone around him, because people yeah. are constantly coming up to him like, hey, do you, what do you think about joining these two together? What if these two got married? And it's funny because he gets so tired of it that he just tries to drink himself into a stupor yeah. at the at the name day party. And what's his name comes up? the The bigger guy. Oh, Lionel Strong? Yeah, and I just like the the part where he's really earnest with him. He's like the one, only one on the council who like, at least that we get to see a lot of, you know, there's more, there's kind of some faceless people on the council right now because you can't do every character, yeah. but uh, what'd you say, Strong? Lionel, yeah. Lionel is the only guy showing up to work every day to do the damn job. <laughs> right. And he comes up and he even like the... The line where he's like, it's tradition that your daughter would drive you crazy. I, I thought that was really good. And that, that softened really, the series yeah. a little bit to it all and be like, maybe I'm not doing such a bad job. This is more of a parental woe than a king woe. And I shouldn't wrap all those things together all the time. For Viserys, too, I think more importantly than that aspect, it's someone who he can trust to not push their own self-interest and -hmm. agenda with him and i think that's what he was missing thus far especially from otto who he's come so much to rely on um he was just missing someone who is not for the betterment of themselves but just giving good advice for the sake of the realm um and that's sort of what we see allison doing at the end of the episode um where she like foregoes her dad's you know instructions to go counsel the series and she says okay well forget what how you feel about Damon right now is is the realm being in chaos good for it ultimately so yeah 
I will say, just to backtrack a little bit, if there's a Venn diagram of Ceres and and Rhaenyra, and she's in her study bag, and he's in his drink bag, in that middle area, they're both in their feelings. And they're just not communicating. Gotta communicate these feelings. We just all need feelings. to sit down and talk it out. Use I feel statements instead of you statements. I feel like I want to burn everyone to a fucking crisp, dad. And there's a good transition to elsewhere. That's kind of what Damon is trying to do. Damon and the Valyrian boys are trying to burn the stepstones to a crisp and take out the crab man, the crab feeder. Mm -hmm. And it's not working, as I said at the top of the episode. So this also, this word comes back to King Viserys. And he's like, this has been going on for three years. And is it Otto? Bro. Tells him like, we come on, you got to help. No, that was the that was the Lannister twin, the other one. So Jason has a twin. God, I want to say it's like it sounds like Tywin, and I'm not sure if his name is Tywin. I don't think so. But anyway, um, it's the twin who comes up to him. He's like, "Hey, we got message from the Stepstones, and it's not going good, and we right. really need to intervene." And he's like, "I'm about to hit the buffet. We can talk about this in like a week." It just shows like where his priorities are at and they are not good. Yeah. And in that scene, I hated that too. Well, I mean, I didn't, I hated it because it was an opportunity actually for him to do like a really good King action to like blow it off in the public eye of that scene where they were at, where they were about to do a buffet. Maybe then he grabs his plate and actually goes and has that conversation right then and there. Like, so he makes it look like nothing's going on people who are here at this party but it said he really meant that he meant that, like yeah. ah, we'll just we'll just put that off it's just a war yeah. what's gonna happen yeah. Viserys is so wrapped up in his own eternal conflict over his now two children that he can't manage the realm the way that it needs to be so he's finally managed. convinced to send help he decides to send help that word comes Damon says I don't want his help I can do this on my own and he decides to literally Try to do it on his own, not even with his dragon. Just try so, to go to the up into the stepstones, pretend so, like he's giving himself up. Well, Lainor has that idea. He pitches this crazy suicide mission. Yeah, he pitches it as a this guy's going to die. Like yeah. this, this wasn't meant to be like a unachievable mission. Correct. We just need we just need uh, an in. Basically, he's the cheese on the mouse trap. Yeah, to get the the crab feeder out of the cave long enough for them to literally rain fire down on all of them. But Damon has other ideas that maybe he can do this himself. And he actually, he gets a lot closer than he should have, than he has any right of. I'm not sure how he dodges all those arrows. I'm not sure I buy that, that you can just run and dodge hundreds of arrows that are raining down from the sky. But I mean, a few hit him, but it still seems unlikely. I've got the power of God in anime on my side. (laughs) Yes, that's kind of what it felt like, but he does lure the guy, uh, the crab feeder out, and well, he then chases the crab feeder back into the cave because he tries to retreat one last time. The dragons take care of all of their troops, or at least enough of them to claim victory, and Damon cuts the crab feeder in half, but not how you would think. It's like a diagonal Mm -hmm. slice, so you get one arm most of the chest, half of the stomach, and he drags it out with the guts flowing. We cannot understate how 
fucking cool it was though also the fact that Viserys finally sends aid after three years of this Damon is on the brink of failure and still rejects that offer and is like you know what I would literally rather die than take your help you know why because one fuck you second I have to prove myself everyone's trying to prove themselves right now so we get another time jump between episodes three and four. Is this one about a year? Is that? Oh, yeah. Wait, can I say some more highlights from episode sure. three real quick? Uh, the white stag was beautiful. Um, the metaphor of them killing the brown stag and cursing the white stag and letting it go and not killing it. And, and with the boar, I think we mentioned Viserys missing and hitting the thing. We talked about him and his drinks. God, there was something else that happened that I want to talk about, but we don't have time because we have to talk about incest. So episode four starts. It's right. It's been about a year. Is that what we're supposed to? Yeah, she's 18 now. Okay. Because, yeah, Rhaenyra, it starts with Rhaenyra. She's basically playing the Bachelorette now. I joked about that in the last episode, but that's literally what she's doing now, that she's going on a tour of Westeros and being presented with suitors at each keep essentially like yeah she's, she's taking a tour of the realm and then all the the lesser lords go to you know like everyone in the riverlands or whatever and you know they all head up to storm's end and she decides she's done with it when a 50 year old presents himself as a possible suitor then a child presents himself as a possible suitor then a man calls that child the c-word then that child <laughs> murders that man and she says, I'm done. I'm going back. This is this is pointless. None of these people are people I want to be married to. But sick the way he just stabbed him in the gut. That Blackwood boy. Whew. I, that's not the last we're going to see of him. It can't Ooh, be. He, foreshadowing or? I mean, kind of. He killed a guy. <laughs> Brick killed, killed a guy. guy. <laughs> so she comes back. As she is coming back, it's great timing. Damon's coming back too. But also, I think we need to talk about um, because because uh, this is my the anti Allison slander train. We also as we can appreciate all the good work that Rhaenyra is doing. However, we also have to talk about her escalation into per, into the person that she's going to become in like episode six and seven. And I think we really start to see the beginnings of that with how she treats these people. And the Baratheon is like okay well that was kind of uncalled for like maybe you should be a little bit nicer like we do have to be a little bit more diplomatic and she's like you're a shrit you're a short shrimpy kid and you suck and you're old as hell and get the fuck out of here and it's just like she she's walking around right now like she owns the place and while you might own the place you still have to act with a little bit of decorum this episode um is almost jasmine's arc in Aladdin. It's very similar in that she's trying to be set up by her dad because she needs to find a suitor. And she says, no, she goes out into the city and gets shown around well, by somebody who knows their way around well, the city. Well, I think I mean, it, don't you see the, the parallels here? I mean, uh, no, not really, but it's the same thing. You're wrong, but it, it is important. It is important to mention. I think that Viserys does tell Rhaenyra, look, I, you are not going to be supplanted. I swear on your moms. You can even pick the guy, but you gotta, you gotta settle down. We've got, we've got to start populating the line and secure your claim to the throne. 
So then she doesn't do that. She ends her tour early and then she's about to mess around with her uncle. So we pick up. We're in King's Landing. Uh, Damon has come home and he missed it. He's really, really happy to be home. He's like, uh, even though I'm like kind of like a big deal in the step zones, they kind of need me the king of the narrow sea. No biggie. Here's this crown. Here's the crab feeders, little axe hammer shit. Put it with the throne. Um, hi. But he's, even though he does that, he still makes sure to present himself during a, you know, a public meeting and wear the crown into the room. You know what I mean? He could have come oh, yeah. in and had a private conversation with him about what has happened. No. And you, these are your lands. I, I relinquish this crown because I only see one king. But he definitely wanted a moment of being in front of the people, of showing up his brother that like, I, I did this. And look at, I can wear a crown too. Look, Rogue Prince is going to Rogue Prince, okay? He's not just going to be like, I mean, he's going to... He's he's gonna do the Damon thing, and he is gonna stir the pot. And he does do the Damon thing, but we mentioned he starts to show. You know, he shows Rhaenyra the secret passageway out, and he starts to show her around. And King's Landing at night is awesome. It's like Bourbon Street. Dude, I love it. <laughs> it's like Pleasure Island if it wasn't in Disney World, and also filled with like strippers and cocaine and fire and yeah. wine is everywhere there's even a show where Rhaenyra is being played in drag because all the performers are men they have what do they have her poop or something at one point i think so yeah <laughs> it was a strange well, show lots of things happened um but damon damon takes her out to to teach her a couple of lessons one it really does matter what these people think because this is how they think of you. We can't have these motherfuckers questioning who should be the rightful king or, you know, the queen in this case. Um, you really need to heed this advice and listen to what people are saying because perception is everything. And Viserys ha hammers that home at the end of the episode. Secondly, she's, again, she's in her feelings. I don't want to get married. I don't want to do this and blah, blah, blah. I just want to, I want to ride around on my dragon for the rest of my life. However, you can't. But marriage isn't so bad. Because guess what feels good? Sex. That shit is awesome. Yeah, but then she goes one step too far and tries to have sex with her uncle. Well... So when I when we are in King's Landing, she's got that hood on. She's dressed like a little poor, dirty boy. When we get to the pleasure house, that's when Damon rips off that little hat of hers and all that silver long hair is out. Now, when I first watched that for a second, I was like, maybe it's because, you know, Damon was running the Street of Silk when he was in King's Landing. Uh, so I'm like, okay, this is a safe and trusted place. And then I was like, uh, no, it's not. Damon hasn't been here for mad long. He wants people to see Renera in the pleasure house. He wants that shit to get back to the king because at the, well, towards the end of the episode, when Viserys confronts him, he's very clear about what he wants. He's like, okay, if Renera is now compromised, here's a solution. Let me marry her. We'll will bring the house of the dragon back to its glory. You suck. I'm going to fuck your daughter. It's not a scandal that she was with her uncle. It's now just a royal marriage. Correct. And that solves that whole, the whole 
image issue of this whole situation, even though he basically engineered it. But he almost went a little too far because he almost gave in to the temptation as well. He was very close. It was very interesting, that response, because he, again, he's trying to be dominant in the situation. He's trying to teach her the lesson. As soon as she shows some of that uh, like dominant energy back, she's like, oh, we're doing it right here. Let me see them draws. He backs off. He can't do it. He has performance anxiety. Maybe he's thinking about it like, no, this isn't right. If she really is a maiden or whatever, because he really ultimately he does care about her, even though he goes about it the exact wrong way. That's not how the situation should have been handled. Ultimately, I think for him, Endgame is, yes, this benefits me, but I also love her. I, I love her. They care about it. They have a very deep bond. But it is the second time now in three episodes of the, of the you know last three episodes of the show that when they're kind of in a standoff, her aggressive move wins the play. Correct. He, Correct. And I I would have to imagine for Damon that has to be sitting in the back of his head now hey, that like he, I can't stand up to this girl. She will always one up me, or she currently has been able to one-up me. If you and Damon Targaryen have anything in common, it's that you both like a woman who's in charge. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, are we on your podcast? (laughs) 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 So the news gets back to the king, who also, it's, he also has a um, a sex scene in this one in which it looks like the most uncomfortable, loveless, one party definitely doesn't want to be there. I'm not even sure how much Viserys wants to be there. It's pretty much going through the motions. He just kind of called for Alicent in the middle of the night and does it. And then that's juxtaposed with the scene we get of Rhaenyra when she comes back because she's all hot and bothered. She doesn't even decide to say any words but plays a little cat and mouse game with Crispin until it's more than a cat and mouse game or maybe a, a mouse retreating into the mouse hole game. <laughs> Wait, the mouse hole? <laughs> What's it called? The little, look, you know, Tom and Jerry. He runs into the little hole in the, the, at the floorboard. Please don't ever refer to that as a mouse hole. What's it called? Again, it's it's not called anything. We're not talking about. Oh, you're at, you're saying what the metaphor actually meant. Yeah. But the thing on the floor, that's called a mouse hole, right? I don't, I don't know. We don't have mice. <laughs> well, all right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> mouse hole then they God. now here's where like a thing came up today uh wait hold on real quick before we get into it we need to talk about that conversation between allison and rhaenyra when Rhaenyra's like oh, is he really mad about me not finishing the tour she was like well he worked kind of hard on it and it was sort of a big deal but he's more frustrated than anything and she's like i don't know it's kind of romantic like you get to pick who you want to man blah blah and um really kind of unintentionally throws it back in Allison's face. Like what is romantic about being holed up in a castle for the rest of your life made to like lay down on a bed and spread your legs. And Allison's like, Ooh, that hurt. That was, <laughs> and the Rainiers were like, Oh honey, I didn't mean you. And that... <laughs> I, and I took that personally. You can tell these two still care about each other, they but do. It's, the relationship is very strange. It's, it's tense. It's very strange. And having that, um, the just the juxtaposition between Allison's night and Rhaenyra's night um, really 
um, makes me sympathize with Allison a lot. Um, you, but it also it, it also illustrates the that Rhaenyra's point is beyond just her being like young and selfish about it. Yeah, I mean, th- there is an aspect to that. It's a it's the night she rebels, um, but for for Allison, it's it's. <sighs> Allison's a real stick in the mud, right? She's all about rule following and image, but she's correct in the sense. Rhaenyra took it too far. She says, you shouldn't even put yourself in a position to be compromised, and you need to know better. You're not... This is their second conversation. This correct. is after Rhaenyra's night correct. of debauchery. Yeah. And it's also after Allison's night of misery. And it's kind of the first time in a while it feels like that in a moral place, Allison has the upper hand yeah. on Rhaenyra. Yeah. Whereas Rhaenyra could always hold it over her that, like, you just married the king and now you're just his plaything. Right. And you you're spitting out kids for him. Right. And finally, Rhaenyra does something that, even something that Allison would be like, that's not what I wanted. If I was free, quote unquote, from, from this life, mm-hmm. that's still not what we should be doing, what well, you like, did last night. Look, if, if I was Allison, my. My perception of the whole thing would be, look, I understand I sort of went behind your back and I built this relationship with your father. And those are all very valid points that you've been throwing back in my face for the last three years. However, comma, now we're in the new reality and the reality of the situation is I am now in this relationship with your father i am the queen you are the princess and i have to do these things that i really don't want to do but i'm gonna suck it up and i'm gonna do them and i'm not gonna complain about it that being said i don't like yes don't bang your blood relatives but other than that part i don't really have a problem with what rhaenyra did but but all this shit that rhaenyra has been throwing at allison for her to still have her back to listen in on that conversation with otto and viserys you know and and to you know kind of go behind viserys back and her father's back and take the initiative and say um some shit's about to pop off and i need to know what happened and Mm -hmm. you need to tell me the truth and rhaenyra lies to her face (laughs) <laughs> yes. Bold face. Yes, she does. Okay, so we get, we get through all of that, and we'll we'll sum up the episode here in a minute. But one thing we wanted to address was today on Bishop and Friends. We're recording this on Monday after the episode aired on Sunday night. Bo was saying that he wasn't very excited about this episode. That there was a middle portion, about thirty minutes, where it was just like, okay, we get it. She's doing a night of debaucherous things and it's a little overindulgent and the, the show to carry it and really get the people still excited needs a little bit more action and just a, a little bit more punch to it. And while I will say the sex scene with Kristen, Kristen, yeah, he, that was probably the most like overindulgent part about it. Like that was a little long felt kind of like a lovemaking scene in like a Nicholas Sparks, like a notebook type movie. But that's the only part that I'm like, yeah, you probably could have chopped off like a minute of that maybe and still gotten your point across. But and I know where you stand on this, so I'm going to put out my little part here and then let you go. I I think it was a really great episode because what it did was now we've established all the characters, why they don't get along, why they do get along, where they stand, who they're against, who they're with. And this episode really 
gave us a lot of character development and set up the motivations, I think, for the big players in this story as we are going to go forward with this first season. So I, I thought the episode was great. Sure, we all like dragons and the action and everything, and they're going to get to that, but I don't think this was done for any reason other than the character development is the main cell of these shows. It's the characters and how they interact with each other. Anybody can hire a bunch of digital artists to make dragons fight and breathe fire and in big war scenes. like that, And that stuff's cool, but you care about it so much because of all the character development. And I think this episode was really key with that. Correct. You're absolutely correct. Um, I'll, I'll meet Bo in the parking lot tomorrow to sort this out okay i'll let him know thanks however um while i can understand as a casual viewer why you might get bogged down a little bit in in the middle of this episode um i think we should all have a little bit of foresight like you were saying and really understand that the the implications and the decisions made in this episode um is going to influence the entirety of the dance and how the dance plays out what happened tonight well what happened in episode four really informs um the rest of the show so i think taking your time with um with especially with christian's Kristen scene um watching him take having that hesitation ultimately taking off the cloak looking at the cloak putting the cloak down like those are all meant to embody him betraying his his oaths and succumbing to his inner desires which is like the opposite of what he's supposed to do and say what you will about Damon Targaryen but at least he showed some goddamn self-control a little bit at the end and he didn't take her in the pleasure palace Kristen Cole did not he ultimately did ride the dragon. Now he did. Oh, you're allowed to use that euphemism. But when I say the mouse going into the mouse hole, the mouse hole. <laughs> that's. I, I swear it's called something like that. Okay, ride the dragon is a much better euphemism than the mouse hole. Yeah, but I tied it in. I was For like I said they were small... playing cat and mouse. And then I, I tied it back around into that. No, I, I and it, it just it also doesn't work because I don't think Kristen Cole is carrying around a mouse in his pants. <laughs> Wait, you think it's more like a rat? <laughs> 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 so uh, you're right. Damon does show the self control to shut it down in the uh, the the den of whores, but then he but he doesn't. He only shows the self control with Rhaenyra. Then yeah. he just decides to completely go off and go into all of his inhibitions or lower all of his inhibitions and give in to all of his his wants. And he gets super drunk, goes back to his lady of the night who he didn't marry. That was all a lie and a ruse. So she's just back working in King's Landing now, so I guess. So she, she decided that um, whoring herself out wasn't working for her. It was cool while it lasted. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch my tricks up. And I'm going to start working for Otto Hightower and I'm going to be his little master of secrets, essentially his little master of whisperers. Very Varys-esque, using the little kids and little, little birds, his little birdies. Yes. Um, and watching the handoff between money between the two of them uh, seems to be very lucrative for her. So good on you. Good for her. And last thing we'll talk about today is where that leads uh, with Otto gets the information, he gives it to the king. We talked about that because Allison listens into it, 
And then Otto from is it I, I'm I, I'm missing the the last connective piece here. Who convinces him that Otto is not out? Is it Damon? Rhaenyra. It's Rhaenyra. So so they have that conversation. And I have seen this online a little bit, and I didn't pick it up originally. But maybe Viserys, really the only time he's politicking in a way, because I think as soon as he hears that information, he's like, you know what? This is typical. They are both the blood of the dragon. Um, they're they're impetuous. They are they're headstrong and they're unpredictable and volatile. Of course, something like this would happen, and that's why when he takes it, when he reams basically Damon's ass out, he's like, "Oh, you're not even gonna deny it." Like, of course, this is the truth. And ultimately, he ends up sending her the moon tea that night. But uh Viserys actually plays this hand very well at the end of the episode so for all his faults um there this this was like a actual kingly moment for him at the end of this episode Otto should have been gone years ago I told you I told you three years ago that Otto was a snake in the grass exactly four years ago he said and and he we see the knife again and the prince that was promised from my blood you know all this shit which is super cool um but he says you have to play this game smart you are turning into my political headache do you know what you almost cost not even yourself this house our legacy you have to be smarter than that Rhaenyra and he's absolutely right and she says all right you know what you want me to marry Lenor? I'll marry the kid right I already got my rocks off I got my rocks off yesterday so I'm cool on that front now I know the lesson that Damon taught me so I'll marry who you want me to but you have to you have to fire that motherfucker he sucks how long was mom dead before all of a sudden you get married again so get rid of that guy so then they meet uh in the small council room and again Viserys is playing it very well um I trusted you. Was it the small council room or was it in his quarters again? It was in the small council room. I thought his little model train set was there. That's when he tells him about Damon and Rhaenyra. I'm getting those two scenes mixed up in my head. Uh Uh-huh. So they're in the small council room and he says, (laughs) they're in the small council room. He, he's, He's actually pondering it because after that discussion with Renera, I think he really took it to heart and really started putting some pieces of the puzzle together um, and starts talking about his dad. And his dad was in the prime of his youth. He was a dragon rider. He was heir apparent. Um, He was set to be the hand of the king. He was hand of the king for five days. And then he dies. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone is led to believe that it is you know, some stomach issue or whatever. And he, the guy's in like agonizing pain for like five days and then he croaks. And then Otto Hightower becomes Hand of the King, somehow worms his way into that position of power. Hella suspect. It's like the guy who consoles the the head cheerleader the day after she breaks up with her quarterback boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And he's not really there to console her. And that was Otto. Yeah. He's not really there to like make things better. He was always out for himself. And the suspicious ways it happened that he was able to get in a position to be out there for himself. A little too 
a little too much coincidence for mm-hmm. the series to be comfortable with at this point. And boom, he takes that little pin away. No it, more Hand of the King. It did remind me of Sansa, though. That conversation that Sansa and Littlefinger have at the end of the at the end of Game of Thrones, where she says, "It takes a while for me to learn, but I learn." And Viserys says, "It took a while for me to get here, but I I see what you did." And the fact that you were kind of the Allison just shows up out of nowhere and consoles me, uh, you know, six months after it's all too suspect. So I appreciate what you did for the kingdom. Thank you for your service. I'm going to need that pin back. And there you go. So we're going to have a new hand of the king. Looking forward to see how that shakes out. And uh, the series is falling apart. His fingers are rotting on his hand as his body is also giving into the infection. It looks like. Well, and then uh, Viserys' last ultimate move, he manages to, to send Diamond into exile after a full 24 hours in King's Landing. Couldn't even make it two days. He's getting kicked out again. And I also, um, Damon hungover on the floor of the throne room is the equivalent of me waking up in a bathtub Sunday morning after the first OSU game. It's yep. the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. Well, your night wasn't quite as <laughs> lurid as <laughs> as Damon's, but yes. But we all felt it. But we all we said, felt it. ooh, yeah. I know why he's lying on that cold ass floor. So there you go. That's episodes three and four for us for Hot D. Uh, let us know if you like the recaps if we should wait or for multiple episodes there do you want to hear it weekly maybe we can put together some smaller episodes and get it done weekly let us know you can always reach us at our twitter at nerdasoc at n-e-r-d underscore a-s-s-o-c you can also email us nerdasoc at gmail.com jen thanks once again for joining us thanks i if you're listening i love you thanks all right well uh yeah we'll have plenty more uh on house of the dragon so stay tuned thanks for listening